Hey, I'm Pastor Joel, and I just want to say thank you for downloading or streaming this message today. My prayer for you is that you're blessed by the content that you hear. As a church, our desire is to make disciples of Jesus, and we do that by helping people to trust and follow Him in every aspect of their daily life. So if this is something that blesses you, we just hope that you'll feel free to share this with others so that they might be encouraged and challenged by it as well. Merry Christmas. My name is Joel Owen. I am the lead pastor of Grace Fellowship Church, and we're so glad that you're watching with us on this Christmas Eve service. Uh, I tell you what we would love to do is to know where you're watching from. If you don't mind, in the comments, if you're watching this on Facebook or another social media platform, just let us know tonight where you're watching from. If you're by yourself or with family and friends, whatever it may be, we just want you to know that we're thankful you're tuned in, and we hope you have a Merry Christmas. Hey, as we get started, tonight, let me just ask this question. What kind of things do you get excited about when they're announced? I know for me, there are several different things. I'm a big fan of superhero movies, so anytime there's a new superhero movie coming out, I'm all about that. Uh, I'm still trying to figure out how I'm going to watch the new Wonder Woman movie that's supposed to come out on Christmas uh, since I don't subscribe to HBO Max, but uh, I'm going to have to figure that one out. I'm excited about that. Uh, my kids right now are really excited about getting a puppy. We told uh, our sons that they would be getting a puppy. Um, we told my son at his birthday and we're hoping for Christmas. We'll see when one is born. But every day we get the question, has a puppy been born? Are we going to get that puppy soon? And when is the puppy coming? So we're getting a puppy. You guys pray for us and our family that that goes well, because uh, I don't want a dog that's going to be up barking all night or eating all my stuff. So pray for us. Uh, some people get excited when an announcement of a new iPhone or whatever tablet or, uh, or electronic device you like, when those are announced, people line up on the streets and they can't wait to go and stand in line for hours upon hours and buy the newest piece of technology. So that announcement makes people really, really excited. Just recently, we had the announcement of a vaccine and I, well, I didn't have a syringe and uh, uh, anything to, to bring with a needle in it. So I brought this turkey baster. That wasn't really a great example of, you know what, if you go to the doctor to get the new vaccine and they pull out a turkey baster, you need to run. You just need to get out of there. That is not the place you want to be, I can promise you. Uh, but nonetheless, these things that are announced to us make us excited. And when we see these kinds of announcements, everybody around gets excited. There are all kinds of things that make people rejoice when something's announced. And that's so true with what we've been looking at as we've been going through our teaching series in the month of December. At our church, we've been walking through this series called Whispers of Christmas. And we've been talking about things that God said in the Old Testament that pointed forward to what would take place on the very first Christmas when Jesus was born. These whispers of Christmas 
Christmas, these things that God prophesied about that would come true in the distant future. And so in our very first series uh, that we looked at, the first sermon, we talked about Adam and Eve and a whisper of hope that they received from God. When Adam and Eve sinned against God in the garden, they were cast out of the garden and sin brought physical and spiritual death into the world. God still whispered to them a whisper of hope because he told them one day a seed from the woman would come who would crush the head of the serpent. The one who had deceived them to sin would meet his match in one person who would come in the future, the seed of woman. And so there was this whisper of hope. Then we looked at Abraham or Abram and he received a whisper of blessing that God told him, Abram, through you, all the world will be blessed. God said he would bless Abram and make him a blessing. He would make him a great nation. Abraham and his descendants would inherit a great land. And through Abraham, all of the world would be blessed. And so there was this whisper of blessing. Then we move down to King David and we find a whisper of royalty. David was promised by God that he would always have one to sit on his throne, that there would be an eternal kingdom and a king who would reign forever from the family line of David. And so there was this whisper of royalty. But here's the disappointing thing, I think, for some of these situations. None of them got to see the fulfillment of the promise of blessing in their lifetime. It was something that God whispered about while they were alive, but it had a future implication to it. And so what we're going to find tonight is that as we come to Christmas, the story's fulfilled. But as we come to the story of Christmas, God also changes how he speaks into the world. It's no longer a whisper. Now tonight we get a proclamation. Tonight with Christmas. And as we celebrate Christmas Eve, we see God move and start to say some things loudly and clearly in the Gospels. When we pick up the story in the Gospels, we find that at the first Christmas, God is no longer interested in whispering things. He wants to loudly, boldly proclaim and tell the world what he's doing. He's going to make it very clear that his Savior, the Messiah, Jesus has come. And so God sends angels out into the world to speak to some shepherds. And here's what's amazing. When the angels proclaim the activity of God and tell what God's doing, it doesn't take long before people start following suit. And so I want you to read with me tonight. The text is going to come up on your screen, and I want you to see this bold proclamation of Christmas. So read with me in Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 14. Luke says, In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house in the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. 
I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace to those on whom his favor rests. So the first proclamation of Christmas comes to shepherds out in the fields. They were watching their sheep and they were doing what they were supposed to be doing. And the angel, when he comes and proclaims the birth of Jesus, confirms all of the whispers we've looked at so far in this series. If you noticed what the angel said, he said, good news has come that's full of great joy for all the people. The whisper that was a blessing to Abraham is confirmed in that. You'll be blessed, Abraham, and through you, the whole world will be blessed. And the angel says, all people have been blessed because of this birth. Then the angels proclaim that this miraculous event, they tell the shepherds, hey, this takes place just down the road from where you are in Bethlehem. And that's fascinating and interesting because Bethlehem was the town of David. And so when we find that Mary and Joseph, because of this census, had left Nazareth to go to Bethlehem, that's significant because they're found to be in the town of David because Joseph and Mary are of David's line. So the baby that's born is born into the royal family of David. He's meant to be the king that was whispered about to David all those generations ago. You'll never fail to have one who sits on your throne. There will be an eternal kingdom and an eternal king. And then finally, the angel said, a savior's been born. That was the whisper of hope that had gone out to Adam and Eve. On the very day that they sinned and that sin entered into the picture, God had promised them, there will be one who comes who crushes the head of the serpent. And on the night that Jesus is born, the angels proclaim a savior has come. He's the one that we've been waiting for. He's the one who will take away the sins of humanity. And so God whispered about these things in the Old Testament but now as we move into the story of Christmas, he is making things known very publicly. The angel fills the night sky and the glory of God shines out all around him. And then not only that, but the proclamation of Jesus' birth didn't end with one angel. An entire host, a heavenly choir shows up and starts to sing out. Look at the verse again, verse 13. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. Now, I've always been curious about this, whether or not the choir of angels was supposed to show up. Uh, that first angel was sent to proclaim the news to the shepherds. And I kind of wonder if the other angels in heaven just couldn't wait to get in on the act and kind of just burst out onto the scene to start singing because they couldn't contain themselves. But the angel choir gives us a perfect understanding of what Christmas is all about. Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. We're told in this that the angels prioritize God's glory. And we need to hear that today. We need to be reminded of that, especially as Christians. We need to be reminded that God's glory has the preeminence of everything else in our life. 
all that we say and all that we do is meant to bring glory to God. Unfortunately, even as Christians, we can take our eyes off of God's glory. Sometimes we get trapped up and, and wrapped up in all the celebrations of Christmas. And on a normal year, and I know this year was anything but normal, but on a normal year where we would have shopping to do at the malls and stores and, and as we would go to our kids' Christmas concerts and events and as there's sports going on and, and when we have staff Christmas parties at our work and our offices, there are all these different things that go on, people we have to buy gifts for and family gatherings that we do. And so many of those things cause us to take our eyes off the true meaning of Christmas and get wrapped up in the secularized part of the holiday. And what the angels remind us of is that we're supposed to be people who take a deep breath and who remember at Christmas and all during the year that glory belongs to God. That's why Jesus came, to make the glory of God known to us. So we see that with their announcement. We are meant in our lives to bring glory to God in everything that we say and do. And yes, this has been a difficult year. And I hate to break it to you, but there's no guarantee that next year is gonna be any better. We hope and wish and pray for better things to come next year but there's no guarantee of that. And the reality is, is that God never promises to remove us from difficult circumstances. What he promises to do is what the angels sing about. As we recognize his glory in the world, he brings peace to our lives, peace to those on whom his favor rests. And so the angels ask us to know the glory of God that brings his peace. And here's what's awesome about this. Where the glory of God is present, the peace of God reigns. Let me just say that again so you really hear it. Where the glory of God is present, the peace of God reigns. And so for you and I, when we think about the glory of God in our lives, it's meant to bring us back to a place where we see him in all of his glory, all of his majesty, all of his splendor, and we understand because of how powerful and good he is, no matter what's going on around us, no matter how dire your situation is, no matter what you're facing in this moment, that God's peace is available to you. Not a peace that just takes away our problems, but a peace of knowing that we have a relationship with God that changes everything. That the animosity that sin brought into our life that removed us from a relationship with God through Jesus is restored so we once again have peace with him. And so that's what we're after as we get into this Christmas. Now, let me ask you a question as we think back to this story. What do you think you would do if a choir of angels showed up and the sky was lit up brighter than anything you've ever seen before and there was this song that burst out proclaiming glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to, to men on whom his favor rests what would you do next now I just have a feeling that if we experienced that and if we were out in the the fields and had seen that happen we wouldn't after the angels left we wouldn't look at each other and, and just kind of say man that was a great show, wasn't it? I mean, best Christmas concert I've ever seen. Only Christmas concert I've ever seen, but that was the best one by far. We would not just look at that and say, what great things we just experienced. Now, back to the sheep. Let's go back to work. It's time to get back to our normal business. 
We wouldn't do that. We would look at each other and we would say, how fast can we get to that baby? And that's exactly what the shepherds do. So I want you to pick up the story and read along with me again in Luke chapter 2, verse 15. It says, When the angels had left the shepherds and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and she pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as the angels had told them. Now, here's what I love about the shepherds. When they leave Jesus and they head back to the fields, they spread the word about him. They become the first people to proclaim the gospel. The shepherds go and worship Jesus and then they go and they tell other people about him. And I want us to see that tonight because we need to get the order of things right just like the shepherds do, just like the angels sang about, glory to God in the heavens and on earth peace to men. Our first step of obedience as followers of Jesus needs to be to seek his glory and worship him. And after we finish our worship of him in our daily time of reading his word, of spending time in prayer, and we put ourselves in front of the glory of God, that energizes us and recharges us every day to go into the world and proclaim God's peace to all men. That's the order of things. Worship God and then tell others about his glory and his majesty. Spend time in worship and adoration of Jesus, our Savior, the Messiah, and then tell people, what a great gift we have in having our sins forgiven so that we can be at peace with God. That's what the angels do. They proclaim God's glory and then they say he's got peace to give to us. Then the shepherds go and see Jesus. They worship him and then they go and they proclaim about him. And it's interesting because what you hear as the angels proclaim or as the shepherds proclaim these things is that the people are amazed at all that they are told by the shepherds. But the story doesn't tell us that everybody who heard left what they were doing and went and ran to Jesus. It doesn't seem like there's a giant crowd gathering outside of Mary and Joseph's house where Jesus is born. It doesn't seem like anything near that takes place, but it's the shepherd's glory to go and proclaim the good news. And it's our glory and our responsibility, and our privilege as Christians to go out and proclaim the good news. And then we leave it up to the Spirit of God to draw people to Him. It's not our job to convince anyone or to change anyone's mind. It's not our job to save anyone. We can't do that. But we can tell what God has done for us. As we spend time in worship to Him, we can then go and make Him known to the world and proclaim who He is and what He's done. And then we trust the Spirit of God to draw people to Himself, to have their sins forgiven and to experience the peace that's available to them. The shepherds, after seeing Jesus, they didn't whisper among themselves about the things that they had seen. They went and they told other people. And the same thing for us as Christians. 
we shouldn't be the kind of people who gather in churches on Sunday mornings and think about this as like a club that we belong to. And when we're here, we whisper to one another and we talk and celebrate among ourselves the great things God has done. And then we keep it to ourselves. We should be like the shepherds. We experience the glory of God and then we leave and we go and we tell other people about him. And so that's the challenge for us. Our world needs to see the glory of God. Our world needs to know the peace that's available through Jesus to restore the relationship with God that was broken because of sin. And we are the ones who can make that known. So our challenge for this Christmas is to know that the greatest gift you can receive this year is a deeper understanding of the glory of God as you worship at his feet and then the deep calling that we have to take his message to the world. So the last question I wanna ask you today is this, do you know that peace? Have you experienced the glory of God in your life that brings peace to you? Not a removal of your problems, not a removal of every difficult situation you face, but a peace between you and God the Father. To know that he sent his son into this world, that while you were still sinners, God loved you enough to redeem you, to reconcile you to himself. That's what Christmas is about. Jesus came to this earth on a rescue mission. He came to bring us back to our Father, the one who loves us, the one who has sacrificed everything for us. And so Christmas, this is the chance for you to ask yourself, are you at peace with God? And I wanna ask you just to think about that for a moment. And then depending on what your answer is to take a next step, if you do know for sure that you've had your sins forgiven, that you've trusted Jesus as your savior and that you walk in obedience with him, I wanna ask you if you will to be the kind of person who puts yourself on your face every day before God the Father to worship him and then become the kind of person who's willing to proclaim what Jesus has done in your life so that others may know him. If you're the kind of person who listening tonight to this says, you know what, I, if I'm gonna be honest with myself, I don't know peace with God the Father. I don't know what it looks like to have my sins forgiven. I don't know what it looks like to be in a relationship with God that changes who I am and that gives me a purpose in my life. Tonight, the opportunity exists for you to make this commitment and take the step of asking God to forgive you of your sins, to accept his son Jesus into your life to become your savior, to become your Lord, to see him as the Messiah that he was born to be. And then from this day forward, to walk in fellowship and obedience with him as a disciple. And so we would encourage you, if you make that decision tonight, to walk into a relationship with Jesus, that the next thing you would do is to let someone know, that you would tell somebody about the decision you've made, that you wanna be a follower of Jesus and then to find a church that you can belong to. If it's with us, we would love to have you come and be a part of what we're doing at Grace Fellowship Church in Kingsport, Tennessee. If you don't live anywhere near us, you find a church that can help you walk out these things and develop your faith and help you grow in understanding who Jesus is and how to love him and follow him for the rest of your life. 
Thanks so much for checking out our message today. We hope you are challenged and blessed by it. We want to invite you to come and worship with us in person if you live in the Tri-Cities area. We meet on Sunday mornings at 9 and 1045 a.m. at One Fellowship Point in Kingsport, Tennessee. You can also get more information about us from our website or our mobile app. Have a great day.